When it comes to retirement planning, you literally can't afford to procrastinate. You have to be prepared for any possible financial challenge. Let's make sure that you're ready for retirement. It's time for the Retire Ready Podcast with Kyle Hammersmith, investment advisor, representative, and founder of Mocan Wealth Management. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith and myself to talk about retirement savings basics. What's the purpose of these different kinds of accounts? So we're going to kind of a kind of a 101, I suppose, if you will. We're going to take it back to the beginning and talk about a few basic things on some various different kinds of retirement accounts. Let Kyle break these down for us a little bit here on the podcast. And as always, if you got some questions, need some help, reach out to him online at his website and get started with a conversation of your own at mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com. And don't forget to pick up the Retire Ready Toolkit as well while you're there you can find that on the website click on the uh, podcast page you can subscribe to the podcast and find that there as well what's going on kyle how are you bud doing well it's uh, going pretty crazy as i'm a kansas state fan so a little disappointed on the <laughs> elite eight outcome but at the end of the day i was like hey well we did better than most of the other teams so all the big dogs the uh, annuals yeah they got knocked out so yeah it's not brackets aren't looking too hot but it's fun to watch so uh, i don't really have a dog in the race anymore yeah so. Yeah, yeah. At the time we're taping this, uh, I think this will come out a little bit later in April. But at the time we're taping this, yeah, it's right in the thick of it. So uh, for sure, yeah, our, our my team got bounced. My team did actually. My team didn't even make it. So for the first time, UNC hadn't and it had been a long time since they didn't even make the uh, the dance. So we we won't talk about that. <laughs> but <laughs> but anyway, Duke got knocked out, so that's good. Uh, as a UNC fan, that's always a must. So let's talk about some retirement savings basics here, my friend. You know, we all know that, uh, you know, different accounts are not created equal. So it's important to kind of understand the basics of these and, and really know what it is that we have, why we have it, what's its purpose, what's it doing for us as part of our overall strategy to get us retire ready. So real quick, let's do a breakdown on the alphabet soup, the 401ks, 403bs, 457s. And all I want to do here, Kyle, is kind of just pros and cons real quick. Some of the pros, some of the cons of the different kinds of accounts. So let's start with the basic one everybody knows. Correct. Yeah. I'll just walk you through kind of how, you know, from my experience sitting down with pre-retirees, 50 to age 67 for the first time, kind of looking at where they're at. Again, this is this is going to be the most common vehicle or the most common bucket. Right. Is your employer plan option? Typically, you know, the pros are they're going to allow you to just contribute and save more in these types of plans versus like the private sector retirement options. Yeah. Um, and so the big pro is 20, easy, right? It's automatic. You're just doing it. Yeah. So I think 2023, it's 22,500 bucks of contributions. Mm -hmm. And if you're over the age of 50, you can do another 7,500. So that's basically, you know, that's 30 grand. For some people, that's 30 grand a year. Yeah. Um, so this is good. This is, this is typically why this is your biggest savings vehicle is it's just you're allowed to save more. And these types of plans versus like an individual retirement account in the private sector, which caps you at seven thousand. Right, right. You got no income limits as well, correct? Because this is your job, yeah. right? So the pros are yeah. kind of the no income limits and the higher amounts, but the downside, as you were going to say, yeah, the downside of this would be most of these four hundred one ks or four hundred three bs are going to be held within a plan, and the, the options of investing are very, very limited. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they're typically on the more expensive side within the mutual fund. So like typically they're going to give you a couple, you know, asset class funds from each available option. And so that's one downside. The other downside is 
they kind of leave it up to you to decide, should you pay the tax now or should you defer the tax? And then another downside or a disadvantage would be there's no real education provided by um, any of these providers. They typically assign you like a plan advisor, but there's no real education behind, you know, why you're doing what you're doing. They just typically say, hey, throw money in this target date fund. You're good to go. Right. But the, the, the bright spot is that it allows you to accumulate, you know, a good chunk of money. And then again, this money, the pro is this money is meant to be spent to fill up your low tax brackets. Yeah. I mean, so. they're a great tool. We've had them for a long time. We all know, right? So it's an easy way to make sure we're getting stuff done. So that's the basic traditional ones there. So let's talk about the IRAs. And we can do traditionals and Roths in this. We can kind of lump them together. Um, right. But give us, you know, give us just some pros and cons on the uh, on these things. Yes. Yeah, so let's just say tr- individual retirement account, obviously. This is in the private sector, whether you got it at Fidelity Schwab, Vanguard, wherever. They do have income limits and contribution limits. Um, they do have, you know, as I didn't mention, one of the upsides or the pros of the four, uh, employer plans is they do have the rule of 55. So if you retire at 57, you can take start taking money out of your 401k to avoid oh, that true. 10% penalty. You just yeah. have to pay the taxes on it. One of the downside is on the traditional IRAs is you, you do need to wait till 59 and a half to avoid that 10% penalty. Mm-hmm. But one of the advantages I would say is typically now that you're in the private sector away from your employer plans, you're going to have unlimited access to any type of investment strategy or investment vehicles that you want to use. Yeah. The smorgasbord Um, is open to you, right? Again, that could be also a disadvantage because one, you're kind of winging it or you're emotionally just picking stocks or your money is all at all one institution and they're just using, using those institutional funds. But again, this money is going to grow tax deferred and you're going to be spending it in retirement at whatever tax rates would be at that time. And then let's just talk about the Roth IRA. The advantages of this is pretty simple. You're going to pay tax up front. Who knows if this is going to be at a higher rate than what it would be later, but you're doing that so that your money can grow in the markets tax-free and then spend that later on in retirement tax-free. So that's, you know, again, there's definitely income limits on those accounts and contribution limits. Um, But typically, what I see is the bulk of the monies in those first two vehicles that we talked about, like 401k and IRA, mm-hmm. and it's probably too late to start contributing into this Roth. It's going to be in the form of Roth conversion where you're going to you know, move money in bulk. Understand that the, the downside of this is you, you have a five-year wait period to touch those earnings. Yeah, um, tax tax free and high income earners often find you know they they want the benefits of Roth, but they often find the you know, the limitations an issue. Which sometimes yeah, there's going like, to definitely be the limitations. So you're you're either going to have to fund your Roth 401k or bite well, the bullet. Well, I'm glad you it. brought that up because that's happening more and more companies now. The Roth 401k it's only been around since 2006, uh, and more and more companies are adopting these. So if that's available, is that's certainly something worth talking to your advisor about, right, Kyle? Because they're it's like the four hundred one, the normal four hundred one, where you don't have the income limits, uh, but you do have some of the Roth advantages. So many advisors are very fond of this. Yeah, Roth four hundred one k. Yes, you might increase your tax bill short term, but the the bright side is when taxes go up at some point, you mm-hmm. can. That, that's the whole point. Is the Roth gives you options. So when stuff happens, so here's two, probably two of the biggest pros is. If you're married and one spouse passes, you're going to lose a social security check. The Roth can come in to provide tax-free income. So there's mm-hmm. one. Right. 
Two is you can treat your Roth as an emergency vehicle. So if you ever do need some additional funds on top of what you're pulling out, you can pull it from your Roth. It doesn't create a taxable event. Another great option is if you retire at the wrong time, which most people, you know, let's just assume you retired at the end of 2021. Okay, right. At, right before the downturn, you re- right? You, yeah, you retired at the wrong time. Nothing you can do about it. Instead of pulling money from your IRAs, let's say you needed $10,000 a month. Well, you have to sell more than $10,000 a month of your shares because you still have to pay the state and federal government. If you had Roths in place, you could pull from the Roth and you only have to pull out $10,000, not Mm. Um, $13,000. So those would be definitely some of the advantages of those types of accounts. It just positions you for when stuff happens in life. Yeah. Tax rates go up, bear markets, tax, you know, one spouse passes, long-term care, you have to pay for it out of pocket. You can pull from the Roth, just different types of vehicles. Well, and again, if you need some information, need some help around some of this stuff, folks, again, reach out to Kyle. I pick up a copy of the Retire Ready Toolkit. That's a great way to to get started with some things. There's lots of stuff in there, and you can find that at mocanwealth.com slash podcast. That's mocanwealth.com slash podcast. And, of course, there's a lot of good tools, tips, and resources at Kyle's website as well, and you can just schedule some time if you need to chat with him on it. Uh, let's continue moving on here a little bit. Talk to me about the pros and cons, and, and what is a simple IRA or a SEP? We'll focus on the SEP because I I very rarely very rarely see a simple. Okay. So again, let's just focus on the SEP. Is again, this is more for your self-employed participation. This is basically it has different contribution limits or contribution would amounts you can save into your account mm-hmm. um, versus the traditional IRA or four hundred one k. That's going to be your biggest difference. You can be able to contribute more into your SEP IRA. And which will provide you a larger tax deduction. I would say as far as the, it kind of works exactly the same as your 401k, 403b, as far as the the taking the money out rule. It's just the upfront contribution limits. They allow you to typically save more um, based upon, you know, as long as your income or your salary is high enough. And there's just additional rules. Again, if you're setting those up, if you have employees, then you're going to be required to make contributions for your employees too. So. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of small businesses, these are excellent uh, resources for you to look into, uh, you know, if you're not quite big enough to do the full, uh, you know, the full gamut there. So that's what the SEP, sorry, what is that simple or is that self-employment pension or something like that? Yeah. That what it stands for? It's, I mean, I could probably, I've, I've only seen one person ever have one that I've come across. Oh, a SEP? No. Oh, a simple. Well, yeah. The, the, the simple. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So uh, F- FSAs or HSAs, say that three times fast. Uh, again, we talked a little bit about it. We're going to probably do an in-depth dive on HSA here at some point. But what are these two things and, and what's some pros and cons? So the FSA is the flexible savings and then the HSA is the health savings. Again, I'm going to focus on what's the most common for individuals that are probably either listening to this is the HSAs. Again, I'm either saying people either have them or they don't, but this is the HSA is really that what we call the triple tax free. You're going to be making deductions. Sorry, you're going to be making contributions and getting the deduction on those. It grows tax free. And as long as you're spending the um, the proceeds or pulling out for qualified health expenses, then you get a, an additional tax free bonus. That's triple tax free. Like that thing is. Uh, something you want on your side in retirement. Even if you're going to retire early, if your health expenses are going to go up because you have to pay like COBRA, it's nice to have. It's also nice to have after 65 to kick in to pay some Medicare premiums. Um, So 
I mean, that thing on your side is, is you can't really include it into your retirement plan as far as your investment side goes, but it is a, an investment into your health insurance to, you know, kick in to help pay for part of those expenses. So that's definitely the upside. The downside is, I mean, I, I can't really honestly think of any downsides. <laughs> Minus really there's the the contribution limits, you know, there's the time frame before going on Medicare at 65, but like a downside I could say is like you put a bunch of money into it, but then you never actually used it. Or you're going to use it for not qual. You're going to use it for not qualified healthcare coverage. Um, but other than that, I can't really think of a downside. Yeah, I mean the HSAs are fantastic for if you have one. They do have, you know, they do have high deductible plans, right? Typically, that's kind of the maybe that's the downside is they're usually attached, um, you know, whatever the strategy is. But it's it's usually fairly high high deductible, uh, you know, types of health savings plans. So. Uh, I know for my wife and I, we have one, and it's got a pretty high limit there. But other than that, they can be very a very useful tool. Yeah, it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's going to help you pay for out of pocket expenses and costs that maybe you weren't planning planned for. Yeah, exactly. And they they can you can use them for. I mean, the money's it's not a it's not a use it or lose it, which is definitely another pro as well, right? Correct. So it's your money. So uh, okay, so let's go into uh, another one here: retirement products. Uh, annuities, CDs, you know, dividend stocks, whichever, how you want to tackle them. CDs, obviously, pretty self-explanatory. They've been terrible forever. But right now, with tax rates climbing, people are starting to kind of perk up about those again. And annuities as yep. well. Yep. Correct. I, at the end of the day, annuities, there's basically a, a different types, um, different lengths. Most popularly sold at uh, dinner workshops is how I've usually seen them sold. I would just say, understand the good is you're going to be you're getting into an agreement with an insurance company, which is typically pretty financial stable. My advice is typically the shorter term annuities and be fee conscious on those. Um, CD rates are going up. Here's what I would tell people is on the, here's a, a disadvantage. Don't, I mean, you can, I guess if you're down 15%, right. And you're going to go, all right, I'm going to take a piece of my portfolio and go buy a CD. That's paying me 4.5. The downside is you're locking in your losses. Like if you're down 15, you have to make 18, 19, 20% just to get your money back. Um, so CDs are a good investment option if it's if it's money that's already not down from market loss. And then the, the big one we're going to talk about is dividend stocks because I'm, okay. a, I'm a big believer in cash flow income producing um, within the market without having to go to bonds. Um, dividend stocks can be a, just a, a great resource. So the pros of those are it's going your money's paying you money. You don't have to sell the shares to get out income. So in a down market, your cash flow is still coming in. The strategy would be look for companies that continuously grow their dividends. So that way your money keeps paying you more money. In general, historically, these types of stocks have performed better during rising interest rate environments, but also typically 36 months after interest rates are going up. Um, so a disadvantage of dividend investing is there's a lot of people start chasing like dividend yields. Um, so they're thinking like a higher dividend paying stock is better. That's not necessarily so because, you know, you still want your, your stock to appreciate and grow over time. And usually the higher the dividend yield, the less stock appreciation you might, you might see over time. Okay. You, so, you definitely have to have a strategy, not just kind of <laughs> right, yeah. winging it and picking some dividend stocks and like, hey, these have done well and these these are paying high and blah blah blah. Like there has to be a th- you know a well thought out strategy, or you can just go buy like a dividend ETF instead. Well, and so that's gonna I'm gonna wrap it up with well, how do we know which one is the right one for us, Kyle? Well, it could be a multiple set of these. It could be various thing, different things. That's where a strategy is going to come into play. I would agree. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, so with you know figuring out the right one, and also you're not stuck in them, right? Like, like if you if you have one, it's going to change over time, right? We talked earlier about a you know four hundred one k's. It's a great savings tool as you're going, but at some point, you know, as you get closer into retiree, you know, pre-retiree, retiree, you're going to probably change some of these things. You may be rolling that money out into something else. So, you know, just understanding the strategy, understanding what they do, uh, the basics of why you have them and the value that they're bringing to you at the time of life that you're in, and then working with a professional to get that strategy in place to maximize whatever it is, whatever the accounts are that you have and how you're accessing them. I guess that's the final big bit here, right, Kyle, is is how you're pulling money from these. That's the ultimate goal at the end of the day. We want to do that as efficiently as possible. Yeah, understand how these vehicles are used in accumulation phase and then how they how they should be used in decumulation phase. And, you know, that's typically the harder is the decumulation, yeah. figuring out <laughs> right. which ones to use, which ones to pull from, and, and then what in what order. Yeah, exactly. What do they say? More people die coming down Mount Everest than actually going up it? Right. That's so, what they say. <laughs> yeah. So it's more complicated. So there you go. All right, folks. Well, we're going to jump out of here. So thanks for checking out the podcast as always. But don't forget to subscribe to us if you haven't done so yet. Consider doing so on Apple, Google, Spotify. Just type in Retire Ready with Kyle Hammerschmidt. Uh, you should be able to find it that way. And of course, it's much easier if you'd like to just stop by the website and get all the resources there uh, at mocanwealth.com. That's mocanwealth.com slash podcast. And you can pick up the Retire Ready toolkit as well. And we'll see you next time right here on the show. This has been Retire Ready with Kyle Hammersmith. See you, Kyle. Yep. Thanks for having me today. Investment advisory services offered by duly registered individuals through Creative One Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor. Creative One Wealth LLC and Mocan Wealth Management are unaffiliated entities.